Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market. And we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Karen Humphrey-Salek, co-founder of Contacts 411, chats with Vincent about the early days of CRM and target marketing and how determined her company was to help build databases for clients. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. This is another episode of The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am your crazy host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products and Partnerships, rolling solo today. AJ could not be with us today. He is on a trip. I was not missing this podcast. I was not rescheduling because of who the guest is. Because of the guest, we'll get to her in a moment, ladies and gentlemen. It is so good to be back here. Just some recaps. Thank you again. All the emails that I receive, I really appreciate it telling us how much you love listening to the podcast. And now in person, people are back, ladies and gentlemen. I've been at different marketing networking events recently, and people are saying, thank you for the podcast. We love it. I listen to it, and they proceed to tell me how they listen to it, when. You know, I'm like, okay, we don't need to know the specifics when you're working out or bed. Who knows? That's, that's weird. Uh, you know, going to bed makes sense. Maybe I put you to sleep. I'm kidding. Never. Not with this energy. But let's talk about a few things, ladies and gentlemen. So we have a great guest coming up. But before that, let's talk about Starista for one moment. That's all. That's all we just talked about. There's no advertising that we accept on this podcast from outside advertisers. Only Starista. That's all we talk about. So we are a marketing technology company. We own our own business to business data, business to consumer data, and we help companies access that data to help them get new customers. Those are nice, right? We do it through our email sending platform, our DSP, Adster. Email me, vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am. I just gave you my email address. The other thing I am confident in is our guest. I love this company. It is very unique. I love this company. And this is one of my favorite people in the industry. And we just met in person recently, but we've known each other. We've known each other for years now. She is amazing. You're going to love it. It's Context 411 is the company. Ladies and gentlemen, it's one of the co-founders, Karen Humphrey-Salek. Karen, what's going on? Hey, Vince. Oh, my gosh. It's awesome to see you. It's so much fun to meet you in person a couple of weeks ago. That was awesome. Yeah, it was so great. I was like, can we believe? I was like, how did we? You're one of those people that I felt like I've known you for a long time. I, yeah, I feel like a small a, industry. Yeah, small industry. And I'm like, and I'm also like, how did I not meet you before? That's another thing. It's like, what maybe we did. And, you know, I run into people all the time in, in my building now. It's a big building. And sometimes I'll, or, or parents where they'll like, I, I see you all around. And then you meet them and then you run into them all the time now. And you probably ran into them all the time. But no, it's great to have finally met you. You came to our Marketing Club of New York event. And there'll be more of those. Hopefully you come down for those. But Karen, let's get right into it because I love this solution. I love 
the types of businesses you're serving, but tell the people, contacts 411, your own words, tell people about the organization, and also uh, your day-to-day there. Sure, sure. First, I have to say, um, we love partnering with you guys. So you guys are great partners. Um, and so I'm thrilled to be on on the show today. Thank you. So, you know, the Context 411 mission is very focused. We um, are focused on helping small businesses create, enhance, and maintain their customer connections. Full stop. Um, our whole point of view is like a business can't sell to a customer it can't reach. And what's the foundation for that? Well, the foundation for that is accurate contact data, right? Any good marketing effort, no matter how smart it is, needs accurate contact data because you can't sell to a customer you can't reach. And large companies know this, right? They know it's seven times cheaper to market to an existing customer than to go out and find a new one. So they make sure that they have a CRM database, they spend the money to keep that updated, they create a retention and activation program so that when they use acquisition programs like the ones Jurista develops, they already have a way to keep those valuable customers once they get that. I love it. I love it. But, right? But an SMB, can't, a small business can't do that. It's expensive and there's no access. Nobody allows them to update that data because it's too expensive. You need an IT team. And we just didn't think it was fair. So, and it shouldn't be that way, right? Small businesses are so important to our economy. And so we designed the very first product specifically for small businesses to turn an unreachable customer into a reachable customer. And we're accessing that same high quality data. So Starista being one of them, right? It's CCPA compliant. It's all the data that enterprise companies rely on. Um, but we do it really quickly, affordably, and you don't need an IT person. So that's what we're, that's what we've done. Um, it's super exciting. Um, certainly for me, um, as the CEO and co-founder of a startup SaaS business, um, I kind of wear a million hats, right? I'm sure you've heard the story before. I wear a ton of hats. Um, so I, I do a little bit of everything, but the most important things I work on are product design and implementation, um, product market fit you know, sales and marketing, we just launched recently. So getting those early traction customers is really important. Fundraising is a big part of what I do. Um, and then really importantly is engaging with our customers and getting our solution aligned with exactly what they need so we can iterate all the time and make it better for them. Uh, those are a lot of hats and especially, you know, you're, so you're, you're on like the front line as well, Karen. So when people are interested in Context 411, and I want to talk about that, you know, get into the nitty gritty, because I love that you're serving the small business community. We'll get into that in a moment, but talk to me about, it's like, you're, you're also on, are, are you like the head of sales too? You're doing a variety <laughs> of different things. Those, when, when people say a lot of hats, normally it's like, all right, there's your three hats on the, on the, the hat rack. Yeah, I pay the bills. You're, you're, you're wearing about seven. You're wearing about seven hats here. That's yeah, but crazy. that keeps it fun, right? And I think it's really important to stay really tied to the customer. I mean, when we designed the product, we actually did it with 10 customers at the beginning and designed to their need first. Um, and I learned how to do that decades ago in some of the early software products um, I did. And I want to talk about, so Contacts 411, right? For people listening, you know, I know the 411 reference, right? A lot of people, <laughs> we have a lot of, uh, an array of ages of people 
Talk to us about like the story behind, you know, the name and, and starting Context 411. Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, people of a certain age remember from our rotary phones, dialing mm-hmm. <laughs> 411, which was called information. So now like kids like that's what what's the 411, right? Stands yeah. for what's the information. Um, and so uh, that's where the name actually comes from, because we would literally call and if you wanted to know where someone lived or you knew where someone, what town someone lived in, but you wanted their phone number, you'd call and you'd actually get a person on the line. So I've just aged you and me, you know, if you're, if you're not of a certain age, you've never done that. Um, but for a while, you know, you could do it on your cell phone and they charge you a dollar 75 for every call when we first had cell phones. Um, so actually it was around that time when my co-founder Barry Gold, uh, who's been in the data space for four decades, I mean, like, you know, we're, um, and knows everything about data and data. That's how you know Barry, Vince, right? Um, yeah. um, and he came to me with this idea. He said, you know, these apps on cell phones are just getting going. And I've got access to all this unbelievable data. And, you know, my contacts are a mess and we're in the data business. I think we should build an iPhone app so that anybody can have their contacts updated and enhanced just like a big company. And and he said, you know, would you be willing to invest? And I thought, oh my God, this is a brilliant idea because at the time I had been running my my consulting company called the Priority Group Mm -hmm. for a really long time. And we had this issue. I had small companies that had the issue of getting data um, and it just was brilliant. So I said, okay, Barry, Yes, but two things. One, I want to be your only investor. And two, um, I want to be your co-founder because I think we've got something really amazing here. So that's how it happened, maybe seven years ago. So we spent a lot of time on the app first and sort of as a proof of concept. Um, And then when we went out to like really launch it, I was talking to customers to get um, sort of their stories about what they were using the app for. Um, because, you know, you need those stories in your pitch deck when you're fundraising, right? And so to everyone I spoke to, it was like, oh, we love the app. It helped me connect to this person or that person. And I made this sale or I, you know, I my favorite person that I talked to was this woman, Dawn, who runs, um, who runs actually an online uh, skincare business out of New Jersey. And her, her company is called Puka and she's amazing. And she said, you know, it was great. I found this woman who had moved to Whole Foods. I got a whole new account selling lots more. But what I really need is I've got 30,000 customers on a MailChimp account. My bounce rates are going through the roof and I've got all this new product. My data goes back 10 years. It's old. I need you to do for me on my customer database what you do for me um, on my iPhone. And that was it. Like that was... We just kept hearing it over and over and over again. And it was already on our roadmap, but we just moved it up. And so now here we are. And we think that's really way more important. Well, I mean, they're equally important, but we're super excited about the platform. Yeah, no, I, I, we are as, as well. I loved hearing this story. And yeah, shout out to Barry Gold, our yeah. pal Barry Gold. Uh, you know, hopefully he'll be listening. And it's you know, hearing the story, I'm like, this is necessary. And I love, we want, I want to get to the mail, you know, you're talking about people who use MailChimp. That's uh, companies who have data, stale data, B2B data 
it changes. It's not like people are not at their the company for thirty years anymore, and you get that cheap gold watch at the end of it. You're like, thanks, Jeff. Like this has been great. You don't get that anymore. Like you know, people change jobs. You need that information. I actually used the app personally because. You know, it was around holiday time and sending out holiday gifts, just finding out where people were and information. Yeah, you know, the the people on my phone, it really helped out tremendously. So we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But Karen, I love your, yes, the origin story of Context 411, but your background, how'd you get, I love your, you know, your story, uh, you know, and I want you to share it with our audience, you know, how you got started in marketing to begin with. Yeah, well, just like every good marketer, I started as a biology major pre-med who went to investment banking. And that's how I ended up in marketing. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, yeah. as everyone does, you know. Everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, I actually um, went from investment banking in the late 80s um, during the market crash of the late 80s, but I ended up at Barney's New York as the director of strategic planning um, because we had done a, we had done actually a private placement of equity for them. And I got offered my position at the closing dinner. Like it was right out of a crazy movie. Um, and I had been there for maybe four or five months doing some really cool projects, um, you know, strategic projects for them around, uh, just merchandising and other things. And my boss, who was the CFO called me into his office and he said, his name is Irv Rosenthal, such a great boss, love the man, said to me, you know, Karen, and this is how old I am, by the way, because this was like 1989, right? Um, I'm hearing about this thing. It's called target marketing. I don't really know what it is. I think it's really important. We just hired this woman from Saks Fifth Avenue to manage our customer list. She's working for the head of advertising. I don't think that's right can you just go find out what target marketing is and make sure we're doing it better than anybody else out there? Cause you know, Barney's always wanted to be the best. Right. Mm -hmm. So I looked at him. I was like, sure. Okay. Like, I don't know what it is. Let me go find out. And you know, within months uh, we were implementing one of the first desktop CRM systems and it wasn't called CRM back then. It's like it, CRM wasn't even an industry back then. Um, but it was a desktop tool for actually managing your customers. It was called uh, a company called Hart Hanks. It was called PCIS. Sure. And they were really big in the banking industry. And they actually demoed to us a product that had all banking labels. And they were trying to sell it into retail. So that was one of the first CRM solutions that was implemented. And we then did a clienteling tool um, that was at, we worked with our POS vendor out of Canada. So that, you know, I hate to say this, I feel like I'm a little bit like the grandmother of CRM and a little bit to blame for why when you go into a retailer now and they ask you, oh, can I have your name and what's your email address? <laughs> that's you. That's all you. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, that's probably not a good thing. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I fell into it. And Barney's didn't even have a marketing department. We had a PR department. And I was actually the one who ended up pitching that we needed a marketing department. And Irv was actually very funny. He was like, yes, but you don't have a marketing background. And I said, I know, but like, okay. So then he had me hire my boss who had a marketing background, which, you know, as a 20 something pro tip, never do that. That was, 
<laughs> well, talk, talk to me about why. You know, I, I remember, uh, you know, I, I've heard people do that. I, you know, sort of done that in my past as well. But yeah. Well, you That's know, a little weird, right? It is, it, yeah, it's a, it's a little weird. It's like, hey, man, I brought you in here. Hey, woman, I brought you in here. Like, you know? Yeah, I can't talk to the CFO anymore. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great, though. It was really fun. Such a great time. But then I ended up going um, and working for Herd Hanks and helping them start their retail practice um, and working with retailers, you know, because like once you get all that data, then you got to figure out what to do with it and create all the marketing programs that drive your revenue, right? Uh, absolutely. I love that. And you, you've worked, you know, like look at the brands, like, uh, you know, you're saying uh, uh, Barney's and then you... Was it through Hard Hanks that you worked with companies like Burberry and Tory Burch? No, you're, so you're... so actually at uh, well, no, actually, so at Hart uh, at Hart Hanks, you know, we started up the division. So at that time, it was really big department stores, right? So again, aging us like Dillard's and Burdines, like all the federated department stores, and of mm -hmm. course, we had Barney's as a as a a marquee um, as a marquee retailer. But then we got Toys R Us and. So, you know, we were like sort of building all of those brands. Um, but what was interesting was, you know, at, banks had huge teams of analysts who could analyze customer behavior and develop marketing programs. And um, retailers had the IT, right? But they they didn't have those analyst teams. So we had to teach them how to use it, right? Um, so that was part of what I helped do at Hurt Hanks. And then I started a marketing planning and analytics division for them and was the first general manager of that, which is like, okay, like create models, create whole marketing strategies, implement them because you don't have the staff, right? Um, and then a little bit of a life change and a couple of interesting things happened. And I started a consulting company. That's when I started my consulting company. And that's when I got to work with Gucci and Prada and Armani and Burberry and yeah, um, but you know, mutual of Omaha and Air Canada too, you know. So that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, because so you you were starting to create some. Were you going in and creating some of their, you know, CRM tools or helping them with their databases? That's 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 the cutting room floor. That's awesome. Yeah, that's. I mean, really, when we um, when we started working with Burberry, um, first. It took me almost two and a half years to close the deal with Burberry when I was in when I was in the, at the Priority Group, um, and which is still a part of my life. I, I have an advisory role. It's still out there twenty six years later, um, and um, it took a while to uh, to sell to Burberry. Um, but you know, when we started working with them, they had this. Remember, you used to get a sales receipt, and at the bottom, it was like a trip, you know, triplicate with like uh -huh. you know. And the sales associate would either have you or you or the sales associate would write first name, last name and the address. Because, by the way, there were no emails still. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, there, were, like, there were, but not really like you get you. People didn't really use them. So you get address and email. Um, and then they would collect all those from all the stores all over the country and they'd ship them to New Jersey and key them in. And that's how they were building their marketing base to send out their uh, direct mail programs. And so we helped them build their first CRM tool. Um, and it was amazing. And I, I love, I loved working with them. They were just, we worked with them for over a decade. They were just nice. fantastic. Did you get, yeah. What was your wardrobe like back then? You get, oh you my get God, discounts, do I discounts. Oh, 
that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, this is great. This, you look at all these great discounts. You must have been, you know, fresh gear every time. That's awesome. Yeah, it was only bad when you went into New York and you had a meeting with Prada and Gucci on the same day, right? Because you mm -hmm. couldn't, you like, you had to wear something totally neutral, or you yeah. had to change in a hotel in between meetings. I know. It's always like, yeah, you can't go pitch. Uh, Apple when you have a Dell, uh, you know, you can't, you know, let me do this presentation. You're like, wait, what are you, what are you doing? You can't do that. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. That's funny. Thank you for sharing that story, Karen. Let's get into, so context 411, you said something, the small business industry, I feel even prior to the pandemic underserved. Now, I think more importantly, I, these small businesses are realizing, all right, I have, I need a database first of all, and I then need to maintain it. I need to communicate with people because there is a time and still a time where people are just not walking by my store anymore, my restaurant or my small business. I need to do something. What, why small business? What, why were you so passionate about serving the small business industry? Yeah, I love, I love this question actually. Um, for so many reasons. One um, is, as a small business person myself, right? So the Priority Group was a small consulting firm. We were a small business. At, when we were our biggest, we had 14 consultants. Like that was it, right? So we were never really big. Um, and we were in the CRM business building global CRM databases where our companies had updated contact data. And we'd send out our holiday cards and we'd get a ton back. <laughs> wait, wait. Like I like my one of my assistants would be like putting them back into my outlook, right? So we saw that, but we always also worked with smaller businesses. Um, so as an example, we started working with Tory Birch when they had three stores. Wow. We got connected through mutual friends and they knew what we were doing for some of the big luxury brands. And you know, they were bootstrapping that early on, right? Like, and they you just knew they had something amazing, even with those three stores but they didn't have a big budget and it was way too expensive for them to get contact information. Um, but they knew, right, that they had to get gather the original data in first. So they were really focused on how they would connect over time with their customers and build that relationship. So they were really clear on how to get that, that they needed that information well at first. So we helped them with that and help them build their database. But then once we got to a point where it needed to be updated, the only way to do it was if that customer came into the store and the associate could ask, right? And it wasn't until they were so much bigger when we were working with them, that they could actually get a big CRM system because back then the MailChimps and the HubSpots and the Clavios of the world didn't exist, right? But then they could get the license and they could afford to pay the license to get that data updated. Um, and so we just keep seeing that all the time. And as we did our research, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that do like will give list building. Right. And that's really important. You have to get new customers all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's why what you guys do and that, um, you know, by the way, a little love fest for everyone here in full disclosure, we mm -hmm. use Starista ourselves in our acquisition marketing, trying to get someone <laughs> to buy our product, but it's also their data is one of our B2B data sources when we're updating. Cause we really believe in it and we think it's great. So um, you know, we, Vince and I have a little mutual love fest going yeah. on, on our, on our uh, companies, but uh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. rare that we get, you know, uh, it's, it's great partners on, uh, the, the podcast, but yeah, it's, it's even, it's better when, uh, even better 
when, you know, there's that love fest. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and like, so small companies fail at too high a rate, right? Don't you feel like, like, you know, Vince, the numbers are crazy, right? So a small business is 90% after five years will fail. And why? Well, because they don't, they're not capitalized well enough. Well, what does that mean? They don't have enough money, right? So how do you get money, right? It's either revenue coming in or it's funding, right? Well, revenue means we've got to reach our customers that we have and build those relationships. So contact data getting old, you got to market to them, but if the contact data gets old and you can't reach them, so that's why you know we built our first um, integration to Mailchimp because they're very focused on small business. Um, but you know, more importantly, just being able to connect through you know CSV files to any of these, and we'll build more integrations over time. But it's got to be easy. So you want to be able to take a phone number and turn it into an email and an address. Or take an address and get a get an email, but also to make sure that like it's CCPA compliant, that those people are people that are okay with having that, right? And that the information is good and it's validated emails and validated phones. And that's really important to optimize your marketing and get the most, most revenue. And it's I just we never thought it was fair that small businesses weren't on an even playing field. I, I agree. And oftentimes, like if there is a a solution for a small business. It's like, oh, here's the minimums are and the minimums are enormous. It's like, you know, they're like, wait, what? I just want to communicate with my customers. I want to just get some new customers. So it's definitely underserved. And I want to get back to something you're talking about. Let's get into the nitty gritty of right now, who are some of the, what industries could benefit from utilizing you? And then also share with us what's, what's coming on the horizon. Sure. For contact 411. Sure. So um, the industries are really interesting. You know, you go into creating a software product or any product, and you're like, okay, here's our target customer. Here's who we think. Um, and what's been fascinating is we knew that like recruitment companies, like recruiters on the B2B side, financial services on the B2B side, people selling insurance, things like that, real estate agents and real, you know, commercial real estate people would would really need and want the product. And we've seen that, but where we've seen unbelievable traction that makes me so happy is in the not-for-profit space, right? Because they don't have big IT teams. They don't have big budgets. Donations, especially with the way the economy is, have been up and down and all over the place. And so to try and reach out to historical donors and, and get them, get with that updated contact data to maybe get more donations so that that not-for-profit can keep alive. That's really wonderful. So we're seeing a lot of traction there. The other place is in um, digital marketing service firms. So like firms that actually manage marketing programs for small businesses, like who run their HubSpot, like on, like keep their database on a HubSpot or on a MailChimp and do marketing programs for a small business. Um, they're really excited because they see the pain point. They see the bounce rates that are happening and their customers get frustrated with them. Like why are these emails that, you know, we're paying you to do these marketing programs. The bounce rates are high. We're not getting the sales we want. So, you know, when I meet with those teams, they get really excited. And Karen, another thing I love about you is you've always been a big advocate, female leadership, 
always pushing for it, always advocating for it. Talk to us about, you know, that, the work, you know, you, you always do and still do. Talk to us about uh, how you're consistently advocating for women in this industry. Well, you know, I, I, th I think actually what's interesting and a little context here, right? Like I'm one of those people who um, spent a lot of my high school and college years around, around guys, right? I was a, I was a coxswain for boys crew for rowing teams. I was like a men's varsity coxswain at, at, in my college. Right. And when I got out into the working world, what I realized was that helped me like make sales and connect and like dealing there. But, but as a woman, like we needed something a little bit different. Cause like you, this is again, like late eighties, early nineties. Right. I'm, running a division for hard Hanks and I I've got a little tiny infant and I need to be like balancing a huge presentation and my kid is sick and I got to go to a doctor's appointment, like all these crazy things. And, you know, the rubber met the road one day. Um, and I found myself on a train leaving my office, heading to a doctor's appointment in a really bummer of a situation and I was like, that's it. Like, I need flexibility. And before I got from Manhattan to my stop in Connecticut, I had come up with the name The Priority Group. I love it. And we had a URL, which back then I wish I had done TPG as a URL. But who knew? Like, who knew what URLs even were, <laughs> in, you know, 1995. Um, so in 96. Um, and anyway, so I founded that company in 1996. And tapped into all these amazing women that I had been working with who were having babies and corporate America wasn't really working for everybody worked from home. So we were virtual from 1996 um, and worked virtually. So like you couldn't even attach a PowerPoint presentation to an email back then because it was too big. So we would fax curly paper back and forth to prepare for meetings. But you know, what I found was if if I could give someone, a woman, flexibility to not miss a doctor's appointment, not miss a school play, not miss getting her hair cut and colored, um, but as long as the work got done, I got the most amazing work. The team, we were just so supportive of each other and the work quality was unbelievable. So our customers would come back and come back. They would leave from one company to another and we keep the business at one and we get the new business at another all because these women that were working with me were so happy. And so then we'd start working with these young women in marketing and they'd be like, you guys are amazing. What's your secret? You know? And so we really, really focusing in on making sure that you understand that there's not balance every day, but over time, just being flexible and letting somebody kind of be their whole selves and that's really, it, it's interesting because I think now men after the pandemic are really understanding that and how nice it is to work from home in a way that was wonderful for like the prayer group. I was, you know, everybody was talking about this whole like, oh my gosh, working from home. And I thought, wow, I've been doing this since the mid nineties. <laughs> you know? um, but, but, you know, the other piece is actually these young women in marketing and like talking about how important that is for your sanity and your ability to work, but also focusing in on the importance of customer centricity. 
as a leader in an organization. And so what makes me just smile is looking at all these women that we worked with when they were in their early 20s, who are now CEOs and presidents of companies. It just, it makes me so happy um, to see because they just believed that they could do it a different way. That, that, that's amazing. I love that. And uh, that's why I wanted you to share that story because, you know, I, I love the work you're doing there and uh, keep it up. We, we really mean it. It's, it's been great to, to see. Karen, let's talk about what now we have just a few minutes left. That's what happens when you and I get together. We, we just start talking and time flies. So we want uh, to get you get to know you personally as well. But I have to always, if I don't get this question in, our listeners get furious. It's our LinkedIn question. Uh, so our LinkedIn question. And I would love to hear your answer because I know how nice you are. So I can't imagine uh, a message that gets you upset. But LinkedIn, your CEO, co-founder of a company, I'm sure you get reached out to all the time. What's a message on LinkedIn that resonates with you and says, you know what, I'll get back to that person. Maybe I'll have a meeting. But what's one that you just hate? It's a pet peeve of yours. Okay, well, which order do you want? Do you want the bad news or the good news? First? I want the good news first. I want the good news because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm anxious to hear the bad news. Yeah, so this is this was an interesting one. Um, so because I am noticing how much more LinkedIn um, communication I'm getting, but when I get a LinkedIn message where it's clear that you know my company, you know what I do, and you've actually thought for a minute to see if the product or service that you're offering is relevant to me, and you make that connection to me in a clear way, and you do it in sort of a friendly, not passive-aggressive way. Hmm. So it's like, you know, the the sort of, I know you're really busy as a CEO. It's like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah. just... Tell me, tell me what it is and why you believe that what you do is really going to help me connect to my business, but make sure that you actually know, because the LinkedIn messages that I hate are the ones where it's like offering me something that if you had spent two seconds, two seconds, mm -hmm. you would know makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah. The other LinkedIn message that I hate is, the sort of the con like the every two days of the pounding of did you miss that email just in case you didn't see it yeah it's like ugh, you know no no yeah. <laughs> yes i'm busy and if you hit me too many times with that same sort of i'm just like this is the last time i'm going to communicate to you and then like i get Three more messages. Yeah, there are three more in like a six days. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that's the, those are my love hate. Like, if, if you really have taken a minute and you understand what I what I do and maybe have half a clue about my pain points, I might I might respond to you and say thank you so much. Like, we're actually really good with this. Like, mm -hmm. you know, right now. But I remember and I connect to that person and yeah. I'll, and when I might need them, I'll come back. Yeah, no, that's good advice. I love the the I love the don't use a passive aggressive. I love that. That's a first. And uh, for me, it's like if I say no to the person, I'm like, look, I understand in sales, a no is better than being ignored. And then they still hit me back. Well, what do you? I'm like, oh, I give you the no. Come on, man. I know that that is what you need. 
So uh, anyway, so Karen, talk to us before that. I want to you know, get to you know um, how people could find you, contacts 411 and everything. But personally, what do you like doing in your spare time? You're up in Connecticut there besides wearing, you know, 47 hats from Barney's, the Barney's collection. No, I'm kidding. The, uh, doing all your stuff and, and running around and doing a great job at it. What, what, uh, what do you like doing in your spare time? Spare time? I know. Spare what is, what I mean, is that? I know. You know, I'm I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a, a Brady Bunch situation where my significant other and I, between the two of us, we have six kids, right? <laughs> Ranging nice. in age from 18 to 28. Um, so there's a lot of that. Um, but when we do get time, um, I love to sail. I have an old wooden sailboat oh, that wow. was built in 1936, and she's really beautiful, and I That's love awesome. being on the water. Um, I actually, you'll appreciate this, Vince. I love cars. Um, I used to have a 65 Mustang convertible four speed that I would drive around, but I don't, I finally let go of her cause I just couldn't drive. I just, I couldn't, you know, use her yeah. as much anymore, but I love cars, um, and driving. Um, I cook live music. I love to go to live music. Um, it's a way to relax. So that, those are the big things. And if I don't say skiing, um, Tim will get really upset with me. So I ski too. You ski, I love it. And then, uh, you know, I heard live comedy is in your future. You might be attending. So oh my we'll God. See. I watched so much stand up and I love yeah. live comedy. And I <laughs> cannot believe I did not know you were a stand up comedian. I was in the net. Yeah. I was uh, just like a, the, a couple of towns over. But that's who was cooler than you? You used to do crew, uh, you know, men's and women's team. You have an old sailboat, old cars. Come on. This is, uh, this is amazing. Yeah. Listen, my kids, my kids do not think I'm cool. That like just keeps you right even, you know? Oh, I know. Yeah, my son is like, he's going to be six and he's like, could not be. I was like, you know, dad tells jokes in front. He's like, I know you're not funny. Mom's funnier than you. I'm like, what are you crazy? Your mom? No way. Anyway, but yes, and you're doing some great things. So with a couple minutes left, talk to us about, and I I love that you come bearing gifts for our amazing uh, listeners here. But people could find out. Just go right to contacts four one one, and you know, tell our listeners, and we'll also put it in when we release it. What uh, you're offering? Sure. So, um, so if you go to contacts four one one there are two places you can sort of go. There's the iOS app, but um, there's something that says desktop, and that's our small business platform. And if you go there, um, you can find out all about what we're doing. And if you want to sign up uh, for being a a marketing stir listener, um, we are offering 25% off your first subscription. And you should know though, that our subscriptions are already pretty cheap. Our, the, our lowest price annual subscription starts at $180 a year for updating. Um, and the most expensive one is $3,000 for an annual subscription to update every month. Um, cause it's so important to keep that data up to date. Um, but it's, um, 25% off your first subscription. And when you're checking out, you just have to remember to use the uh, coupon code STIR, S-T-I-R-2-5, STIR25. And that'll get, you, that'll get you 25% off because really it's just so important. We just want you to have the most up-to-date data, not think about it and have the best marketing effort, best marketing programs you can have. I, I love it. That's contacts411.com. And check that out. And good. No one ever comes bearing gifts for, for us. That's amazing. We Stir should 20. all be bearing gifts for each other. It takes a village. Exactly. We need to help each other. We, we need to help each other. And small businesses need help. Stir 25. We'll put it in. This is going to be 
This is coming out April 11th, which is my son's birthday. And this promotion, we're going to run. <laughs> Funny enough, we're running it through uh, June 15th, which is your birthday. Or no, right? Is June 15th? Birthday to birthday. Birthday to birthday. <laughs> you know, that's good. That's good stuff there. We're going to put it all out there. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Karen Humphrey Salik from Context 411. She is the CEO and co-founder. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. AJ Gupta, I don't know what he's doing. He'll be back. I know you'll miss him. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.